Welcome to the latest episode of Public Power Now. I'm Paul Schimpel, News Director at APPA. Our guest in this episode is Brandi Eckren, who in March started in her new role as Executive Director of Michigan Public Power Utility, Traverse City Light and Power. Brandi, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Sure thing. Um, so, Brandy, to get our conversation started, um, could you talk about um, your background in public power? Yeah, sure. So I have been in the municipal public power world for uh, close to 18 years now. Um, I started off at uh, Lansing Board of Water and Light as an associate attorney. And through my tenure there, I uh, progressed, had different areas underneath my umbrella as I progressed to general counsel. Um, actually short into my tenure there, about four years in, and I'd had a number of opportunities um, to have under my responsibility, which ranged from obviously legal services, but risk management, environmental compliance, human resources, um, governance, all the things that you would say um, definitely dealt with the structural or regulatory component of business operations, even though you're exposed to the business world. And then about 2019, I had an opportunity um, to do a lateral adjustment, and I took on the role of strategic planning and development, where I was responsible for the utilities, um, strategic planning endeavors, um, renewable portfolio, uh, business development and marketing for the commercial industrial customers, um, and being able to kind of work on innovative or strategic initiatives, as I would say. And then, uh, obviously, as of March, I had the opportunity to transition into a new journey in my life. You, you, you started in a new position relatively recently, so I thought it would be good to have you talk about um, your priorities in your new role. Could you um, elaborate on that, those for, your, for our listeners? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, the first priority is definitely onboarding and getting to know the people. Um, I have really dedicated the better part of that first 30 days, just kind of immersing myself in the culture and coming up to speed on what the active initiatives are with Traverse City Light and Power. Um, they have a lot going on, um, a lot going on in the, I would say, renewable, clean energy, innovative space. Um, and then they have a workforce um, that is uh, dedicated to the utility's success and have a partnership with the city of Traverse City as well. And so the priorities that are laid out before us, um, I would say as of today, right now, uh, one of them pertains to our climate action plan. And I'll talk a little bit more about that if I have an opportunity. Um, the other piece deals with working on ensuring that we've added emphasis and highlighted the value and the relationship we have with our parent municipality of Traverse City um, and being able to, for certain, bring the employees and the customers along on the journey. So those are our those just very high level off the top of my head. Um, those are some, some, some big key ones. The climate action plan is, is actually a very big uh, 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 endeavor that we're kind of working on, and there's tangible comp components of that. But obviously, in addition to that, there's still some additional pieces that go on, um, being able to ensure that we're continuing to sustain ourselves as a community investor um, with the community um, and having active, uh, what do you call that, opportunities to look at ways for the utility to keep moving forward in an efficient and an effective manner. 
Great. So, yeah, you touched upon the climate action uh, plans and you also talked about renewable energy. So I guess a two part question is, can you go into more detail on uh, climate action planning at the utility and the utility strategies to expand renewable yeah. energy supplies? Well, actually, what I'll do is before I even go into the climate action plan, let me tell you a little bit about um, the utility and its uh, clean energy journey. Um, and then okay. that leads into definitely why that climate action plan is so important. Um, so for Traverse City Light and Power, they began their clean energy journey and as uh, early as 96, 1996. And they pioneered the first utility grade windmill. And at its highest time, it was able to power 130 homes. And then they kept increasing and adding to their portfolio. And then in 2018, they set an ambitious goal of being 100% renewable energy by or before 2040. And then as of today, and then they also have intermittent goals along the way. So as of 2025, they want to be 40% renewable energy. But as of today, we're committed at about 43%. So we're a little ahead of the call curve. They've also invested in clean energy and energy efficiency mandates um, and have had an active interest in technology. So as you can imagine, with those heavy goals comes with needing to have a plan or roadmap in mind. And more specifically, the question becomes, what is the role of the utility when it comes to the climate and environment? And that's where the climate action plan comes into place. Now, other states and um, actually states and municipalities have had climate action plans. It's not something that's like terribly new, but for us as a utility, we want to have one that is utility specific, predominantly because we believe that the utility business model will change or it has the potential to change. Um, Traverse City Light and Power is a relatively small footprint utility. And so if there's an opportunity to demonstrate what that looks like, that's what will, th this is the, the perfect platform to kind of test it out. So our climate action plan, in essence, is akin to a traditional integrated resource plan where we would do planning um, and forecasting and setting rates um, and setting portfolio fuel mix strategies over a particular period of time. But we want to expand beyond that and look at corporate decarbonization, um, whether it be carbon neutrality or carbon positivity. Um, what's the roadmap for that? What's the roadmap for integrating um, beneficial electrification or inter, uh, electric vehicles and electric heating? Um, how do our customers play an active role in our energy production? And so while a traditional IRP will, uh, especially for investor owns and also for municipals now, look at market uncertainties, look at environmental impact and regulations, we're also looking at opportunities to get business recommendations on how we can operate and function in this innovative changing space. And so um, we're calling it a climate action plan predominantly because we want to actively engage and then actually have a plan to be approved by our board um, about this time next year. Yeah, and so, you know, quick follow-up. So you, you mentioned engaging with, with customers. Have there been, uh, you know, meetings or anything like that where there's, you know, direct utility to customer contact? 
So we have, and we, you know, obviously, um, Traverse City Light and Power, you know, is an open, um, open meetings act utility. So there's some customer engagement and there are customers that interact with us on an individual, I'm going to say ad hoc basis. But mm-hmm. part of our act, climate action planning process is going to involve um, a heavy stakeholder engagement uh, component, um, okay. whether it be one-on-one meetings, having public open houses, um, being able to not only get their input, but also educate the uh, public in terms of what the industry has to offer and what the utility could potentially do. Turning to a different topic, which is, I think, front of mind um, for a lot of utilities across the spectrum these days, whether it's investor-owned cooperatives or public power, and that's um, the supply chain. Um, so I thought it w- I would be remiss if I didn't, didn't uh, broach that topic with you and see if, if, if Traverse City uh, Light and Power are, is facing any issues related to supply chain at this point. Most immediately, I would say no. But we do have some supply chain issues when it comes to being able to ensure that with the uh, purchase power agreements, um, those partners are able to obviously get their solar panels in, um, being able to have enough wire and line. Um, Our footprint isn't terribly large, so we are able to maneuver and kind of manage and leverage relationships that we may have with neighboring utilities for some critical supplies. But I envision as we plan forward for the future. Um, And given what we're seeing right now, we probably will be impacted by that. So for example, we have made a commitment to purchase um, two electric trucks, um, Ford Lightnings. And the cool thing about that, and and I I don't know if we'll be the first in the state or not, is that they they will actually go from vehicle to grid in terms of being able to supply. The lead, even though we have made a decision on that and we've ordered it, I believe we may be a couple years out before we actually get those vehicles. All right. Um, and then the the other question, final question I had for you, and this is another uh, hot topic these days in the energy sector is, is related to the workforce and um, more specifically challenges in that area, such as recruitment and retention of employees. So could you talk about what the utility is doing in that area? Yeah. So light and power is a great place to work. More specifically, Traverse City is a great place to live. So being able to retain and keep a workforce that's community focused, that's community based, um, is something that has worked to our advantage. Um, We don't have a high turnover rate or retention issues terribly. However, as the talent evolves and as people move on, being able to acquire and retain additional talent is something that we are mindful of. So we don't see that as being a pressing issue or concern right now, but we're planning for it in the event that it may occur, especially since we think skill sets are gonna change as we move forward into the future. Um, Couple of things that we're utilizing and we're doing and we're exploring right now is being able to underscore the value proposition of employment at Light and Power, um, what the benefits are, what the value is, and kind of tap into not only what we think are existing core competencies, but what we think are the passion for those employees that are currently there and trying to market that. Also want to be able to ensure that we have um, skill and professional development opportunities within our workforce so that we can promote, encourage, and grow from within. Also be able to partner with those local 
um, skill trade and uh, organizations and institutions that surround the area. You know, if we can have uh, opportunity to influence some curriculum um, for u- new utility type skills, obviously there's there's great skills that are there in terms of being able to understand the components of basic core utility operations that are focused on infrastructure. But there's also an opportunity to develop a skill set that deals with analytics services, low growth pieces, an opportunity to really kind of look at an evolving utility business model. So we we are examining that right now. All right, great. Well, Brandy, thanks again uh, for taking the time out of your day to speak with us. You have an open invitation to come back as a guest, perhaps later this year or, or this time next year. So a lot of talked about a lot of things today, and I'm sure we we could uh, follow up on things like the, the climate action uh, work that you guys are doing. Um, so I will definitely be in touch with you at some point in the future to, to have you as a, as a guest again. Um, Wonderful. Thanks for listening to this episode of Public Power Now. Public Power Now comes to you from APPA and is produced by APPA Digital Content Director David Blaylock. I'm Paul Schimpoli, and we'll be back next week with more from the world of public power. Thank you.